continue in worship as we uh, have our, our family at this time come and light the fourth candle in Advent. God's plan was a mystery hidden from our sight. Now God has disclosed what was kept secret for so long. He has brought it out in the light. In brighter light on this fourth Sunday in Advent, may we see more clearly the glory of God in Christ and sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will proclaim your faithfulness. To all generations I declare your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. Psalms 89, 1 and 2. Light four candles, see them glow, brightly so that all may know how four candles show the way, making our darkness bright as God's day. I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. Let us pray. Dear God, your faithfulness has been great, leading us to this day of anticipation and celebration. May the glorious light of your steadfast love shine brightly in us and through us, that all may give you praise and glory. In the Savior's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Okay, you'll find printed in your bulletin the call to worship, so let's stand and sing that together.
Remain standing. Let's pray together. Lord, on this eve of the birth of the Christ child, we bow before you thanking you for this special time of the year where we can remember many, many years ago and be reminded that there was a birth, a miraculous birth that took place. A little baby boy was born and he was wrapped in swaddling clothes and was laid there in a manger. But God, we know that he grew up. He lived a very short life of 33 years. And then God, this man was crucified on a tree there on Calvary. Lord, not just so, but so that salvation could come to us. So Lord, today we thank You for the birth of Christ. We thank You for the death of Christ. And we thank You for the resurrection of Christ. Lord, our lives are hopeless without You. God, may we never, ever forget that. Thank You for giving us opportunity to come together to worship You. And I pray that we will do just that. That we'll worship You in spirit and in truth. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's remain standing and sing our first hymn, our hymn of praise, number 170.
great singing this morning. Thank you. Call to confession, a prayer of confession, and assurance of forgiveness. Let's be reminded of what the psalmist tells us in Psalm 51. And we've read this before, but let's read this for our uh, meditation this morning. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Let's bow together. Heavenly Father, we sin against you. That's because we're sinners and we were born with a sin nature. But, oh God, we're grateful for verses from your word such as these. As the psalmist reminds us, we pray as did he. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sins. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, uh, young folks, meet us down front. Uh, we got a little special treat for you today. I'm not going to do it, but I think we have a special reader that's coming up. And right after Dr. Reardon gets through, uh, if we, our young folks, just stay where you are because we have a, we have a special song that, that we're gonna, that we're gonna have sung in just a minute. Okay. All right. Thank you, Doc. Good job, Wesley. So this morning, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to read a book, and it's a very Merry Christmas prayer. It says, Here's my Merry Christmas prayer. I'll send to God above for all the gifts he's given from a heart filled with love. Thank you, God, for strings of light so twinkling and bright, just like the star that led wise men on that special night. Thank you, God, for home sweet home. I love my cozy bed, just like the manger that you gave to cradle our Lord's head. Thank you, God, for songs of joy, your praises everywhere, just like the host of angels' voices that floated in the air. Thank you, God, for family time. You bless us one and all, just like the love that Mary felt inside that humble stall. Thank you, God. 
for trees of green, dressed up from tip to top. Just like your glory fills the earth, your goodness does not stop. Thank you, God, for gifts we give to show the world your love. Just like the lasting gifts you give, sweet blessings from above. Thank you, God, for candles lit on frosty Christmas Eves. Just like your love shines in our hearts, your presence never leaves. Thank you, God, for yummy treats, handmade with love and care, just like the good things that you give to bring joy everywhere. Thank you, God, for sparkly snowflakes, coating <coughs> earth in white, just like forgiveness makes us pure, we're brand new in your sight. Thank you, God, for wreaths of holly hung upon each door, just like your love that welcomes us to live forevermore. Thank you, God, for listening to our, my Merry Christmas prayer, for sending Jesus, Lord and King, a gift that's always there. This is a good reminder that the greatest gift of all is Jesus. We may be receiving many gifts this Christmas, but for all of them, we should be thankful. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for the greatest gift that you could ever give us, your son, Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that as we... Um, or with family, that you would help us to be focused on you and your word. We thank you for your many mercies towards us, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And I think we have a gift for each one of you. You can take one and pass it down. right where you are. We're going to have some special music at this time.
for sharing that with us this morning. All right, young folks, you can head back to your seat now, and we'll ask the ushers to come forward as we sing the doxology. Wesley, thank you for that song. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. What a blessing. All right, as we continue in worship, part of worship is prayer, and uh, we certainly do want to, of course, pray for one another. We pray for traveling mercies as folks are traveling, even as we speak, and possibly even into tomorrow. Uh, but we do want to remember some of, some of our own, Miss Jeanette Harrington. Please remember to pray for her. Um, also, Ms. Hilma and Mr. Irwin and will have, be having a procedure done this week, uh, this coming week. So let's pray for him. And uh, also, um, Elizabeth uh, Huggins, Elizabeth Anderson's grandma, Miss Cribb, uh, has had a mild heart attack. She's in the hospital in Georgetown. So we need to pray for her as well. And also, uh, Timmy Bailey shared with me a, a friend of his. Uh, uh, Miss Marlowe, let's remember her, a young lady who has 
lung cancer. So what a what a terrible thing. So we do want to remember all of these, and I'm sure I left someone out, but let's pray for one another at this time, okay? Lord, again, thank you for the privilege to pray. I thank you, God, for the power of prayer. Lord God, we know you hear us when we uh, talk to you. And Lord, we know that you answer us. It may not be in the way that we want our prayers answered, God, but you know best because you want the very best for us, your creation. And God, you've heard these names mentioned this morning, uh, those that have been called by name. We pray, O oh God, a special touch on their life. We pray for healing in their bodies if it be in accordance to your will. And Lord, I know that there are many unspoken concerns among us this morning when we pray, O oh God, that you would meet those needs. And Lord, help us to pray for one another. And we thank you that we get the opportunity to do just that. So Lord, hear our prayers this day. Teach us, remind us of the model prayer that you taught your disciples many years ago as we pray that together. Our Father, who art in heaven, forgetful preacher. I told you I'd leave somebody out, didn't I? She may not want this known, but Miss Linda Swain has, has got a messed up foot back there. You can ask her how it all happened um, if you'd like. But anyway, she has a broken foot, so we do need to pray for her. And we did pray for her in Sunday school, but let's continue to pray for her as well. Our hymn of faith, number 171.
in your bulletin, you'll find the Apostles' Creed there printed for you, and we want to affirm our faith together as we recite that together. I believe... seated. We have a special treat for us this morning. Ashley Smith is going to come and, and, and bless our hearts as she's done several times over the past years. So, um, Ashley, you come.
especially, always enjoy you coming and sharing your talents with us. Thank you. I'd like for us to look this morning at a message entitled, Love Came Down. Love Came Down. I hope you have enjoyed as much as I have enjoyed preaching um, the words of the Advent wreath, the candles in in the in the wreath. It's been a it's been a really refreshing to me to go back and look at these words and see how important they are. So let's look at. Love came down. I hope you take some notes this morning as we go through this together. Well, picture with me, if you will, the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying there in a manger. Do you have that picture in in your mind? I also pictured this, that what you would see or what we would see would be a live human being. A baby boy, our Savior. And as I thought about that, I thought about the life of Jesus Christ. And it reminds me of a love story. A ministry of love. And as I thought about that, I couldn't help but think, that Jesus the Christ is your and my perfect, get that perfect example for us, His children, to follow in living a life of love. Three Sundays ago as we watched uh, the the first candle uh, being lit, the candle of peace, and two Sundays ago we looked at another candle, the candle of hope. Last Sunday, we looked at the candle of joy, and we saw this morning the candle of love that was lit. And I couldn't think think of anything better to talk about this morning, and that that is love, and how that that light is is being uh, portrayed as the love of God. The love of God. And I, and I thought about how much God loves us. Can, can we wrap our brain around how much God loves us? These candles, this flame, I hope and I pray that it reminds us of how perfect God's love is. And His love, and that love is found in Jesus. Can we say together, John 3.16, would you, would you help me say that, please? Let's say that together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So as we light and uh, have, as, have already lit the fourth Advent candle, That sets the theme for what I want to talk about briefly today. Today's message, Love Came Down. Do you have your Bibles? If you do, turn there to Matthew 
I want to read from Matthew chapter 1. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 1, and find verse 18. Of course, if you look at verse 1, you'll find the genealogy there, a long list of different names, but we'll skip down to verse number 18, and let's read that. It reads this way, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his, Mary, uh, after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Verse 20. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. There's that love coming down. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us, God coming down to live among us as Jesus. Verse 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The word of the Lord. And God, we do thank you for your word. What a powerful story that has been read over the years for generations. Lord, may we never get tired of hearing the birth of Christ. So speak to us now. I pray in your name. Amen. Have you ever thought about that word love? Well, I have. And I'm sure that you have. And isn't it used kind of loosely these days? We hear it all kinds of ways. Now I say that to say this. I think you'll agree that it is used more as an adjective describing our feelings about objects. Such things. You've heard this. I love my dog. I love my cat. I love ice cream. I love chocolate cake. I love hamburgers. I love hot dogs. So in that sense, love is used to describe our feeling about a particular object. Instead of being used as a verb demonstrating action. Now, I read a book one time, and I highly recommend it to you, by, the, by an author is Bob Goff, and the title of the book is Love Does. Love Does. All throughout the book, it talks about love being an action verb. So this Christmas season, as we continue to celebrate the arrival of Jesus as a baby boy, as we continue to get closer to Jesus, let's do something this morning. Let's relearn what true love is. Let's relearn how we can 
and should use this love. So this Christmas Eve morning, under the guidance, the leadership of God's Holy Spirit, let's examine the physiology of love. And we'll do that in three points this morning. But let me begin this way. Let's ask this. What is love? What is love? I don't know about you, but I've heard uh, many times that question answered this way. God is love. Have you heard that before? God is love. And if you think about that statement, the entire gospel is stated in that one simple sentence. But let's not stop there. Let's let's dig a little deeper and see how God is love. Let's see how how, how we can learn to, to be more like God, be more God-like. What is love? God is love. You say, preacher, if that be the case, then I need for you to do something for me. I need for you to show me that. I need for you to prove me that, prove that to me. Better yet, why don't you just give me an example or two? I'm glad you asked because I would like to share that just a moment. One, if you're a note taker, love is reaching out to and ministering to the lost. Reaching out to and ministering to the lost. You see, love came down from where? The portals of heaven. To where? To this old sinful world in which you and I occupy. That love is reaching out to and ministering to whom? Men, women, boys and girls everywhere across this great land. I couldn't help but think of the, of the hymn Amazing Grace this week. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like you, like me. We once were lost, but now we're found. Was blind, but what? Now we can see. All because of love coming down. All because of that great grace. Please understand, love is an action. Love is action. Love requires internal evaluation on your and my part. Now, what do you mean by that? This is what I mean. Let's ask self some things here. How do we interact with the individual we know is not saved? How do we interact with the individual we know who claims to be saved, but their life does not reflect it? How do we react or interact with the individual we know is saved, but has fallen out of fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ? How do we interact with those people? Luke 19, 5 through 10, you can make yourself a notation there. I'm not going to read that text, but we know it. It's a story about Zacchaeus. Now, don't you think Jesus knew the reputation of Zacchaeus? Yes, he did. But what, he, what did he do purposely? What did he do intentionally? He chose to visit the home of Zacchaeus. And we know the story. People all around him began to complain. Oh, that Jesus, is, he's going to visit a sinner. He's going to sit down at the, at the kitchen table with this sinner. As I thought about that, 
That's the way we are sometimes. Oh, I don't want to be associated with this person or that person or the other person because he or she is not like me. You know, Jesus frequently did that. Is that not an example for you and for me? That we're to meet individuals where? Right where they are. Right where they are. And while prayer is effective, and while prayer is necessary, can I say this to us? And you may disagree. I hope and pray that you don't. But just praying for their salvation or their restoration back into the fellowship is not enough. You say, what? I thought if, if I prayed, that's all I needed to do. But let me say this to us. You and I can no more reach them by simply gathering here in this sanctuary. Now get this. Then we can get a spring garden planted by thinking about it from the comforts of our home. Does that make sense to us? Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it requires action. It requires action. Love is reaching out to and ministering to the lost. Something else. Love is praying for our enemies. Love is praying for our enemies. Well, here we are. About to explode because we're so angry. We're so upset. We discovered that someone we counted as our closest personal friend has been gossiping about us behind our back. And what they're saying is not true. You've been there. You've been there. And how do we want to react? Oh, boy, we want to pour, we want to pour fuel on the fire, don't we? We, we, want to, we want to bite back and we want to respond inappropriately. And easy is not always the best way. Because the harder, more difficult way is to do what? Forgive and pray for those people. Well, guess what? Jesus is the greatest example, is he not? Luke 23, verse 33. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right, one on the other. Then Jesus said, listen now, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. In the midst of hanging on a cross... In the midst of being accused falsely, Jesus is forgiving. So as I thought about that, in light of such a great example, how can you and I not be forgiving? How can we not pray for our enemies? Thirdly, and lastly this morning, love is self-sacrificing. Self-sacrifice. Won't you agree with me that there are many schools of thought uh, today on what it means to sacrifice? What it means to sacrifice? I I, I read a a silly little thing, not really silly, I guess depends on who you ask, about one particular radio station asked all of their listeners for one month to, to, to put the money towards the radio station that they spend on a cup of coffee or a latte during the month and to send that to the radio station 
saying that they support the radio station. Now, for some, that would be a sacrifice. But for some, it, it wouldn't. But let me share a more severe form of sacrifice. True story. Boarding the SS Dorchester on a dreary winter day in 1943 were 903 troops and four chaplains. World War II was in full swing, and the ship was headed across the icy North Atlantic where German boats lurked. At 12 a.m. on the morning of February 3rd, a German torpedo ripped into the ship. She's going down, the men cried, scrambling for lifeboats. A young G.I. crept up to one of the chaplains. I've lost my life jacket, he said. Take this, the chaplain said, handing the soldier his jacket. Before the ship sank, each chaplain gave his life jacket to another man. The heroic chaplains then linked arms and lifted their voices in prayer as the Dorchester went down. These pastors, what did they do? They demonstrated the very same type sacrificial love that Christ taught. John 15, verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. 1 John 3 15. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. But this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So what is our primary command? To love one another. And if need be, lay down our lives for them. That would be, of course, the ultimate sacrifice for us to lay down our life for someone. We began the message this morning by saying that the life of Jesus is truly a love story. He loved us, church, while he physically walked on this earth. And he still loves us. And the only way we love is because He first loved us. So this Christmas, you and I have the ability to make our life a love story. Love for our fellow man, not just ourselves. But how can we do that? We can do it the same way Jesus does it by reaching out and ministering to the lost, by praying for our enemies, by sacrificing ourselves for our fellow man, both our friend and our enemy. Let me close with this story. If you need to shut your eyes, do that at this time. Just, just listen to this. The story of Misha... And Jesus, told by a missionary to a group of orphans. It was nearing the holiday season of 1994, time for our orphans to hear, for the first time, the traditional story of Christmas. We told them about Mary and Joseph arriving in Bethlehem. 
Finding no room in the inn, the couple went to a stable where the baby Jesus was born and placed in a manger. Throughout the story, the children and orphanage uh, staff sat in amazement as they listened. Some sat on the edges of their stools trying to grasp every word. Completing the story, we gave the children three small pieces of cardboard to make a crude manger. Each child was given a small paper square cut from yellow napkins I had bought with me. I had brought with me. No colored paper was available in the city. Following instructions, the children tore the paper and carefully laid strips in the manger for straw. Small squares of flannel cut from a worn-out nightgown an American lady was throwing away as she left Russia were used for the baby's blanket. A doll-like baby was cut from the from tan felt that we had brought from the United States. The orphans were busy assembling their manger as I walked among them to see if they needed any help. All went well until I got to one table where little Misha sat. He looked to be about six years old and had finished his project. As I looked at the little boy's manger, I was startled to see not one but two babies in the manger crossing his arms in front of him and looking at this completed manger. The child began to repeat the story very seriously. For such a young boy who had only heard the Christmas story once, he related the happenings accurately until he came to the part where Mary put the baby Jesus in the manger. It was then that Misha started to ad-lib. He made up his own ending to the story as he said, and this is what he said. And when Mary laid the baby in the manger, Jesus looked at me and asked me if I had a place to stay. I told him I had no mama and I have no papa, so I don't have any place to stay. Then Jesus told me I could stay with him. But I told him I couldn't because I didn't have a gift to give him like everybody else did. But I wanted to stay with Jesus so much so I thought about what I had that maybe I could use for a gift. I thought maybe if I could keep him warm, that would be a good gift. So I asked Jesus, if I keep you warm, will that be a good enough gift? And Jesus told me, if you keep me warm, that will be the best gift anybody ever gave me. So I got into the manger and when Jesus looked at me and he told me I could stay with him for always, as little Misha finished the story, his eyes brimmed full of tears that splashed down his little cheeks. Putting his hands over his face, his head dropped to the table and his shoulders shook as he sobbed and sobbed. The little orphan had found someone who would never abandon nor abuse him. Someone who would stay with him for always. I want you to bow your head at this time, if you would, as we conclude. This young orphaned child found love in a story. A story that touched his heart. He knew the truth when he heard it. And he responded to that truth. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing 
and hearing by the Word of God. So as we are in a prayerful attitude, do we know love when we see it, hear it, or experience it? Or have we slowly over time succumbed to the world's ideal of love? Love came down. And I ask us today, on this Christmas Eve, have we embraced the baby Jesus that was wrapped in swaddling clothes? And if not, Christmas Eve 2017 would be a great time to receive, to receive the Christ child into your heart and into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the message that you have delivered to us. And Lord God, remind us this day and every day that that love came down. And love came down to save us from our sins. Oh God, my prayer this Christmas Eve is that no one leaves this church today without making sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that they are in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, speak to hearts. Speak to lives. We pray in your name. Amen.